joining me on the late show now to talk about his brand new book, which is called Please Gamble Irresponsibly, is Titus O'Reilly. Hello, Titus. How are you going? Oh, very well. Good to be with you. Finally, someone who says something honest. Please gamble irresponsibly, <laughs> as opposed to all the other rubbish we hear half the time. Yes, well, I mean, that's kind of what I always think when I hear that phrase, you know. It's it said so quickly at the end of that, so it just kind of made it obvious. Well, it's sort of become, idea for the title. It's become the uh, it's become the new modern version of medical authorities. One that's smoking is a health hazard. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I always worry about a warning label that's said quickly. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's something you you know what your doctor to quickly tell you the side effects of an operation. Exactly, you may die. You may die if you say it really quick. <laughs> no one notices, apparently. Uh, that's tell, right. tell us, tell us about about the book and how you came to uh, kind of put together this little history of Australia's um, uh, unhealthy obsession sometimes with uh, with gambling. Well, it sort of occurred to me while watching the footy recently that you know every second ad was a gambling ad and I sort of thought, gee, they used to not advertise this when I was younger and I sort of hadn't realised how it had gone from, you know, barely been on television or radio to on everything and so I sort of started to just read up on it. I just found the history of gambling and sport in Australia sort of fascinating one, you know, just the lengths we've gone to in Australia to, to gamble, the technology we've developed that's best in the world. The, uh, a lot of funny stories and crazy stories and it's just been this huge part of Australian history all the way along and shaped whole parts of our industries. No one really talks about it. It's not what they teach you at school and so I just started to think, well, I, I wanted to write the history of it and what it was all about. Is it an intrinsically an Australian thing? Does it come from kind of our, our Irish, the Irish part of our background or where, where does it actually come from, do you know? Well, it's a bit of a combination of a few things. The first convicts, when they came out here, uh, they basically gambled on the ships over here when they were sent out. And they as, would you gamble. They, as you do. They didn't have money, of course, with their food rations and their lime rations, which was to stop them getting scurvy. So the, the first European Australians were willing to, to risk scurvy and starvation to, to still gamble. And then, of course, when they got here, there, there wasn't the middle class there was back in the UK because it's such a small colony that sort of had this moralising sort of view towards gambling and prevented it. So instead, they they gambled quite heavily all the way through, and it never really stopped. And, and the Irish did it, but even the upper class have always done it with a love of horse racing and uh, other sports. So it's, it just became woven in. And so by the time we sort of had a middle class that did try and ban it, it was so well established. It was very much underground. I mean, I've, I've spoken to people on this program, you know, been involved in the racing industry, obviously, and they talk about, you know, Brian Martin was talking the other week about running bets up to the local uh, the shop because the SP bookie worked out of the local shop and he'd be running up putting bets on for his mum. Well, that's right. I mean, the, the minute they tried to ban it, sort of around 1906 across Australia, it was actually illegal to gamble on any sport except racing and then you had to go le- do it legally to the race course. So... Literally overnight, all these people became illegal bookies and kept doing it. And to the point where, you know, there's stories of country towns with 500 people that would have six illegal bookies operating there. <laughs> we couldn't, couldn't get a doctor. And I mean, just extraordinary lens. And a lot of it was very good hearted. It was, you know, it was a bit of a war on the poor because the poor couldn't afford to get to the racetrack back then. One, it was expensive to get entry, but two, getting there on, 
a horse or a you know a, a tram or something was was expensive. So a lot of this early on was the lower classes, the working classes, trying to do what the rich could do, um, but it was made illegal. And and so you had people who were operating out of every pub pretty much had a an illegal bookie. Every a lot of tobacconists and barber shops had yeah, bookies in them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was just a normal thing, and they went to enormous lengths. You know, there was this cat and mouse game that the police played, and the police knew it was completely, you know, Australians love to gamble so much, it was completely impossible to stop. So they sort of would turn a blind eye to a lot of it, especially if someone was, and they're often pillars of the community, was sort of offering a, a legitimate betting service out of a pub, but, you know, was doing it with fair rates and was paying punters back and all that sort of stuff. So they sort of just let it happen. So it never really stopped. And uh, it was about a time until the, the TAB started in sort of the uh, 60s. Victoria was first because the government's just realised we cannot stop this and we might as well get our clip of tax revenue uh, as it goes through rather than it being in the hands of illegal bookies. Yeah, absolutely. So when did it explode from, you know, well, I mean, I guess you, like me, grew up in that era where it was the TAB and uh, you went to the, your dad went to the TAB and all that sort of stuff, and then, then there's just been this absolute explosion of recent years of sports betting and sports betting companies and all that sort of stuff. Well, the, the key bit was it started quite a way back in 92, the Northern Territory, legalised a couple of bookies to take bets on all sports. Yeah. And no one cared because it was the Northern Territory. They yeah. sort of was paid no attention. But then, of course, the internet happened. And in 1996, uh, the first online betting companies in Australia up in the Northern Territory, such as Centrebet and Sportsbet, um, then under very different owners, yeah. went online, which is extraordinary when you consider 1996, most people weren't using the internet. And so people were you know, they were real technologically leading the way on taking bets online. Um, no other country was doing it to that extent. And, of course, this challenged all the other states because suddenly these bookies could operate and offer sports betting uh, across the country. And that sort of culminated when when Betfair, the betting exchange, came to Tasmania. Uh, it was instantly basically banned in WA. They said this is mainly because they were trying to protect their state revenue base yeah. from their gambling operators. They said this is banned and it went to the High Court. And in 2008, the High Court ruled that it was against the Constitution to stop these companies from advertising everywhere else. And so from then, that was when the gold rush was on. Suddenly it was legal to advertise and you had everyone from Ladbrokes and, um, you know, these other in, you know, big UK, Paddy Power UK companies coming in and, and snapping up these, uh, these Australian outfits and, uh, and turning into these huge businesses. Never since we've just seen all these gambling companies just become amalgamated and they're just all merging until we, we have very few left that they control the whole market. It was obviously all built on the fact that we, we uh, as a as a uh, country, I suppose, have always been uh, that uh, sort of way inclined to we'd bet on anything. I mean, the, the you know the old thing about two flies going up the wall is is actually pretty true. Well, this is the one thing. I mean, there was a big kickback early on in the you know, about a hundred years ago from what was termed the Wowsers, who were keen for no one to have any fun ever, <laughs> and, yeah, and wanted to ban it all. And it's the one reason that's never worked is. There is a problem with some problem gamblers, but the vast majority of Australians, you know, enjoy a punt, don't mind doing it, um, don't have huge problems with it, um, can actually handle it quite well. 
Um, a bit like alcohol, you know, alcohol has its, its problems, but a lot of us can really, you know, it's one of the most enjoyable things in life. So yeah. you, you just can't ban everything. And this has been one of the problems whenever there's been discussions around this or governments have involved. It's either been legalise it completely or ban it completely. And most Australians, it just doesn't work because they'll just continue to keep betting no matter what. On AM, FM, digital radio and streaming worldwide, this is the RSN 927 Network. Please gamble irresponsibly is the name of the book. Titus O'Reilly is the is the author. I want to talk to you about a couple of your other books as well. A Thoroughly Unhelpful History of Australian Sport and A Sporting Chance, The Sporting Scandals and the Path to Redemption. Um, obviously, uh, you're a comedian. Uh, you take a you take a wonderful bent on uh, on looking at our our national pastimes. Yeah, I mean, sports just the thing that you know it, it basically is the big culture of Australia. So that's what always interests me. And you know, just it's shaped so much. I mean, you look at the you know the sport of horse racing, the the infrastructure and the technology and all the things involved in that that is spread around this country and we're world leaders in all this stuff and it used to be that you know we're considered a town until you had a church a pub and a race course absolutely that was, that was you know and you'd, you'd uh, pray at the track and you'd pray at the, the church and then when neither of those prayers came off you went to the pub that was exactly. sort of the model forever it's so the circle of life it's, it's right absolutely so it was always this sort of thing where and i just think you know people you know, I, I make a lot of jokes about it, but at the same time, like, we take sports, you know, more seriously than really anything else. I mean, <laughs> I've made more friends and had more serious, passionate discussions about sports than probably any other topic in Australia. Yeah. And every Australian can name the captain of the Australian cricket team, but they'd, they'd struggle to name their state premier or opposition leader sometimes. Which uh, says a lot about both of those two things in many ways. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's more important to know who the captain of the Australian cricket team is than a politician. I agree. But... <laughs> I totally agree. Now, is this born? Is is your sort of um, your, your sort of way that you look at sport and all that? Is it born out of the fact that you know you're a poor, struggling Melbourne football club supporter? <laughs> I think so. I think you have to have a, a black sense of humour if you've got a, um, a, a you know backing for probably one of the least successful teams in Australian history, but. Look, I think it's a lot of just what we all talk about at the pub, you know. I mean, I always think you get presented in the media often a very, you, you know, they, they sort of idolise the sporting people, you know, athletes, and, and it's all very positive. But when you're talking to your friends at the pub, you know, we all we all have a very funny take on it. We all know part of it's ridiculous. We all know, you know, who we like and who we don't. And so a lot of it's just, that sort of conversation, which I just find the trains are very funny. Yep. I mean, that's what I enjoy chatting with sports fans because, you know, they know how to have a laugh and a good time. Now, yourself, Titus, books, podcasts, uh, stand-up uh, uh, venues and, uh, and gigs and stuff. Uh, what else? Have I missed anything? Well, I've been doing a front bar a little bit yeah. and I did a bit of stuff for the cricket over at Channel 7 recently, so that's been fun. And if you told a younger me I'd get paid to go to sporting events, um, <laughs> I would have uh, uh, and I do enjoy I mean, it's been a, a funny thing but one of my favourite things is to be able to sit on the couch all day and watch sports and if people complain I just tell them I'm working so <laughs> I say this sport is not going to watch itself so yeah. it's been a dream come true heavily researching uh, my next book 
yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, I've got to watch this game. If you can think of something better than watching Sri Lanka play New Zealand in a dead rubber test, go ahead. But otherwise, I'm here all day. Yeah, absolutely. Good on you, Titus. Appreciate your time. Please gamble responsibly is the, is the latest of your books available though right now. Uh, people can grab that for Christmas and whack it in the stocking. Good on you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me.